welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Today is Wednesday, December 9th, 2020, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. And today I am privileged to be joined by two dear friends, Cooper and Anna Brooke Johnson. Uh, they have not only been just fantastic friends uh, throughout many years, uh, gone through many things together, both uh, with Anna Brooke at Sanford uh, and then Cooper as well, just as I have continued to lead here at Lifeline, um, but also as, as loyal partners of Lifeline. Uh, Cooper and Anna Brooke have five children, and one of their ch- ch- one of their children joined their home through adoption. Uh, Cooper works at the Valiant Group and has been in the insurance business for 15 years. He obtained a bachelor's degree from the University of Alabama in 1998 and an MBA from the University of Alabama, uh, Birmingham in 2002. Uh, previously, he also served on Lifeline's junior board and he is, um, and Anna Brooke went to Stanford University, uh, graduated in 2000 uh, with a degree in nursing. And so we are so grateful to have them here to talk a little bit more as we continue our series on generosity and this season of giving that we are upon and how we can join the work of the Lord to be generous in all the things that he is doing, both here in the United States, as well as around the world. But before we hear from the Johnsons, I want to remind you that Christmas is a great time to buy a loved one a new t-shirt. And at Lifeline, we have several t-shirts that can help you make an impact. If you'll check out our online store, you can go to lifelinechild.org backslash store. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash store, or click the link in the show notes, and you can go find one of our shirts, either Defend the Fatherless, a new one which says Pray Down the Number, 153 Millions, or many others. And all of the proceeds for these shirts go to further the mission of Lifeline to equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphan and vulnerable children. And so go and order today in order to get these in time for Christmas. Again, it's lifelinechild.org backslash store. Well, as we come into this time to hear from uh, Cooper and Anna Brooke, one of the things that I love about my brother and sister is they truly have the spiritual gifting, I believe, of generosity. Uh, They truly live their lives in open-handed community um, and give in impactful ways to those around them and to those around the world. And and really, even as I started to think about the Johnsons, I thought of 1 Timothy chapter 6 and Verse 17 starts like this, is it's as for the rich in this present world, charge them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works and to be generous and ready to share. Thus, storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. And so Cooper and Anna Brooke, I just thank you for joining us today. And and even as I think of this, you know, there have been times in your lives that, that, that you have, have lived on meager, meager amounts in order to be able to give even what may have felt like a meager amount, but, but your life, your, your, as a couple and individually that I've known y'all have always been marked out by generosity. And I know that a lot of that comes from what you see in the word. So tell us, what does the Bible say about giving? Yeah, good morning, Herbie. Um, I say that you know, the Bible's 
talks about giving throughout. I mean, I think one of the best verses I love is the one we've always grown up knowing. You know, if you've ever been to a Baptist church, is you know, or any church for that matter, is, you know, John three sixteen, which is, you know, you know, Jesus, Jesus, gave, uh, God gave His only Son, and so that one's always one that's jumped out to me that God gave to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything, you know, that we have is given from him. You know, and of course, the most important gift is his son. So, um, but you can, you know, you can Google and it'll come up with hundreds of verses. Um, you know, there's not a lack of supply of giving to that poor, giving to the needy, giving an extra tunic if you have one. Um, and kind of with the verse you were just saying that and I had thought about was that you know, God supplies our, all the resources to us and he wants us, those to be used. Um, some of the verses that we like are, are Malachi 3.10, uh, Deuteronomy 16.17, and the 2 Corinthians 9.11. Um, all that kind of speak to um, the Lord tells us to give and help the poor and the needy, and, and he supplies need for us to be able to be givers to others. And, you know, even as you think about giving, uh, and certainly, Cooper, we had a friendship uh, for a long time, but but what really led you and Anna Brooke into giving specifically to Lifeline? Yeah, I mean, I'd say the first thing, I mean, honestly, it was um, y'all became a client. Um, you know, that was the the way we kind of first got introduced to Lifeline is, you know, our, our mutual friend, uh, Frank Bricado, um, you know, just kind of mentioned to me, hey, Herbie's got some questions uh, about some insurance, and, and we reached out and connected, and talked a little bit and, and not had, and then at our paths had not crossed before then. And, um, that was our, really our first introduction to Lifeline. And so, um, really just kind of become, becoming a client and then obviously learning more about the ministry, uh, was really the, the opening door for us to actually start giving to Lifeline. We didn't really even know about it, honestly. Mm. Um, but then obviously once we got to know about it, we, we fell in love with the mission. Mm. And even if you talk about the mission, you know, why is it that you believe in the mission and vision of Lifeline? I mean, I think it's pretty clear in the Bible. Um, you know, when we would, we, we obviously we pray about where to give and how to give. And, you know, what Lifeline, in my opinion, what y'all are doing with orphans is, is important to God. I mean, it speaks very clearly in the Bible. And, you know, in Psalms 82.3, it says, defend the weak and the fatherless. And then one of my favorite verses is, you know, James 1.27, which speaks clearly about looking after orphans. And so I'm sure you both know, you know, that one probably better than I do. Um, but, you know, that's pretty clear. It's not a, you know, it's in the Bible for a reason. And, mm. and we're, I'm a pretty literal person. So I don't think if the Lord didn't want it in there, it wouldn't be in there. And so I don't think there's a question mark we're supposed to help provide for, for the, for the mm. orphans. And then, you know, when you think of even the way that you guys got involved in giving, uh, you know, a lot of folks, especially with Lifeline, that end up giving are those that have experienced the gift of adoption or who have been a foster parent or who have ministered uh, to a birth mother. But in a sense, uh, your giving ended up leading your family towards adoption. Talk a little bit about how the Lord just pulled on your family's heart and led you to adoption. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say that the Lord really pricked our heart and adoption, that was not something that we had ever thought about. You know, that was not something that was ever discussed. Neither one of our families come from adopted families or have adopted prior. Um, that was not something we discussed that we wanted to do prior to marriage or even early in our marriage. We went literally to a banquet, um, one of the lifeline banquets that y'all do every year. 
um, truly for the purpose. I think some, you know, I think someone invited us or you invited us or maybe we hosted a table and it was just a financial giving um, aspect. And we went and we're sitting there and I don't remember who spoke, but we're sitting there and listening to some guy do the message. And he said something that kind of just hit me between the eyes, which is, you know, if, if not you, then who? Hmm. Um, and I really just couldn't get that out of my mind. I was like, you know, if not you, then who, what, what, what the Lord just kept on bringing that back up. And I was like, what does that mean? And kind of the way I looked at it, I was like, well, you know, we're already, you know, we obviously love children. We've already had three children at the time. Um, you know, we were in a, a position financially, we're adding another one. Um, but it wasn't going to break the bank. And so we were already going to be working for a while anyway. Um, and, and a broke had actually, um, had said, um, that she wanted a fourth child. And mm-hmm. so um, that was kind of right. You know, it was, the Lord's already pricking our hearts from that perspective. Yeah, well, I think before, I think it was before the banquet that actually I said, hey, what do you think about a fourth? And he had always told me two and we're done. But the fact that we even had a third, is kind of comical. Um, and so I think when I came to him and asked about a fourth, he said, you know, let me pray about it. And so I really didn't hear anything for two weeks and, whatever. And then one night he came back and said, Hey, I want to talk to you about something. And he referenced the verse in James that we're called to take care of the widows and the orphans and said, Hey, if we want to have a fourth, I really feel like this is the way we're supposed to do it there. We have three healthy children and there are so many children across the world that don't have parents. Then who are we to bring another bio child into our house? Um, why wouldn't we do adoption? And it sounds horrible, but I said, okay, thanks. But I don't, that's not, I don't, I've never thought about that. No, I think we're good. That's our answer. You prayed about it and whatever. And it was actually over a period of months where Cooper was going around telling people we were praying about adoption and I surely was not. Um, And I think it was after the third person came up to me that said, Hey, I heard y'all are praying about adoption. I would really quickly tell them, no, we're not. Cooper is, I'm not. Um, And it was the person across the street that was in the process adoption. And she looked at me and said, you know, bro, the Lord really convicted me that, I'd never asked him if this is something he wanted us to do or not. And right in that moment, I thought, well, here it goes. And so I started praying and the Lord slowly softened my heart and turned my heart towards that. And that's when we kind of even began the thought process. And is this something we want to do and started looking into it more? I think we had a meeting with y'all or maybe we had a meeting with y'all before then. Yeah. We didn't really know what that meant. And so I I remember I called you, uh, Herbie, and I said, Hey, you know, we're, we're getting pricked for something. And I don't know what it is, but, you know, let's come in and you know, let's just talk. And, and you set up a meeting with some, some people there. And uh, we came in because we didn't know if we were being called to, um, you know, fund an adoption or foster care or actual adoption. We had no idea. We just knew that we were being pricked for something. And, you know, we came, we came in and talked. And you know, by the time we left that meeting, it was pretty clear that um, the Lord wanted us to continue down the path of considering adoption. And I think the way giving plays into this is, we had learned obedience from early in our marriage. There were lots of times that Cooper definitely has a gift of giving. I would not say I started with that by any means. My um, gifting is very different from Cooper's, but early on in our marriage, he would say, Hey, I really like we need to give so-and-so to so-and-so. And I'd be like, I don't know. I mean, look what's in our bank account and I'm working. Do you know how many hours that's going to take me to the hospital to pay for that? You know, when we were living tight, I was clipping coupons, that kind of stuff. But very early on, he would say, let's do this. And I learned real quickly that, as a leader of the family, I wanted to trust him and I wanted him to know that I stood behind him hundred percent. And so that began a journey of him saying, Hey, I want to give to this person. I'd be like, okay, if that's what you feel like we need to do. Let's do it. And then it all came to a head. You know, there were 
little bits of money here and there. And then it came to one night we were driving home from church and the pastor had really challenged us to give um, out of really where you didn't have, you know, the sacrificial give and just believe it was going to, you know, you would be able to somehow, that you could somehow. It was a material number. It was a material number that just was not sitting in the bank account. And so Mm -hmm. it was a, it was a number that, you know, it was a number that I had in my head and the pastor actually said the exact same number and, and the type of number Rainer Brooke thought I'd lost my mind when I mentioned it, because we were you know, giving gifts of $100, $200, $300 people. And this was more than that. So so at this point in time, he said, I said, you know what? This has been my code answer prayer thing. Pray about it. And if you feel like the Lord's doing it, we'll talk about it. And so he started praying about it, came back and said, Rainer Brooke, I really keep on coming back to that number. And I'm like, yeah, but that number is the exact number that the pastor said. I think you might've just put this into your head. And he was like, Rainer Brooke, no, I mean, I really think this is what the Lord's called us to give. And so I had... No idea how in the world we were going to make this happen. Um, but finally, I remember having a very frank conversation with the Lord and saying, you know what? I'm going to trust Cooper because I trust you. And I know that as a leader of the household, if I trust him and he is wrong, that you're going to provide for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really sweet that in that, I guess it was that fiscal year, we made that exact amount up plus $100. <laughs> and it was sweet times like that, but the Lord has always showed us that, Hey, if I ask you to do something, I'm going to provide for you. Mm. And I think adoption was no different. Um, he was calling us to something. Cooper really felt very strongly about this. And the Lord did open my heart up where I was willing to walk into it, but it was a massive step of faith that we had to trust that he was going to provide and he was going to show up in something he was asking us to do because we couldn't do it in our own Mm. willpower. Mm. Well, friends, I mean, even, Anna Brooke, as you talk about taking a, a giant leap of faith, you know, a lot of times we don't think about generosity. And I love the way that you frame that as a faith journey, but it is such a faith journey because, you know, if you read throughout God's word, it tells us to give of our first fruits, which uh, typically we think, especially in America, well, I need to use those first fruits on the needs that I have. Um, of course, we, uh, we think about, you know, we've got to feed and we've got to clothe and we've got to shelter. And, and, but the word of God says to give your first fruits. And yeah, I know a lot of times also generosity is a faith journey because you, we give at times to people, to organizations, to our church, not really even knowing or being able to balance the impact that that might be able to make. Um, for both of you, just how have you seen the Lord use your generosity for the furtherance of the gospel? You know, I, I don't know, is my honest answer. And, and what I mean by that is I think, like you said, it's a faith journey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we do the best we can to vet. We do the best we can to pray about what the Lord wants us to give and then vet and partner with good organizations. Um, you know, but as far as it, do I actually know, you know, what I think of it from like a spiritual ROI perspective, um, money given for salvations. Do I actually know what that number is or, or will I ever know? No, on this side of earth, I won't know. Mm. Um, but I do know that, you know, I'm trusting that the Lord you know, puts opportunities in front of us. And we pray for opportunities and, and opportunities seem to always pop up. Um, and, but we trust, you know, have good partners that we trust uh, uh, to do that. Um, but it's a faith thing. I mean, you don't really know. I remember in high school, um, you know, I'll never forget this. My, my history teacher, who was who also was a friend of mine actually said, and um, I was asking one time, and even back then I didn't realize I even had the I guess I didn't even realize I had the gift of generosity back then. But I was sitting there working at a car wash on 280, and a guy walked by, 
um, you know, kind of panhandling and asked for a couple of dollars. And I was a 16 year old kid and I, and I gave him like four or five bucks. And that was all, I mean, that was what I had from tips that day. My pocket was early in the morning. And, um, you know, and I was talking to my history teacher about it, you know, the next week. And he said, and I said, look, I mean, I gave it to him, but I don't know if he walked down to the liquor store and bought alcohol with it. I have no idea. And I'll never forget what he says. Like, you know, your job is to do what the Lord calls you to do and give. What happens beyond that is not in your control. And so I've never forgotten that. Mm. Um, you know, you could paralyze yourself to a certain degree if you try to vet things. So it is absolutely a faith thing. And for us, it's obedience too. When he calls us to do, we have to be obedient and just trust that he's going to do with it what he wants to do with it. But when it comes to adoption now, I do think that's a little bit different because I don't know who said this early on when we were pursuing adoption, but they just said, someone made the reference of when you adopt a child, you're just not adopting a child and not just changing that one child, but you're changing a generation. Um, I love Psalms 105. I quote it all the time. The Lord is good. And he is faithful and his love endures forever and his faithfulness through all generations. And I have to believe that I love how Lifeline does vet their families and that they do want believing families to take these children in. But you just think of these children that come from nothing and have people not a family to love them and a family that loves them and speaks truth over them and teaches them about God's faithfulness. I mean, that child is going to tell their children and their children to their children prayerfully. And so we're not just changing a child, we're changing a generation. So I do have to think when it comes to lifeline that we do know what a lot of times what it does um, produce as faith-filled families prayerfully and change lives. Amen. Well, you know, Cooper, I love, I love what you said there too about, your history teacher. And I remember having that same advice given to me one time, uh, you know, cause I always had the whole thing. I'd see someone panhandling and I'd have them get in the car, which isn't always the wisest thing to do either and take <laughs> them to go get food. Um, but then, you know, I would find folks that ask for gas money and different things like that. And, and you know, I, I remember when I was younger, always questioning the motives or questioning the why um, and I think, I think that's a high view of God's sovereignty as well to understand that even if they do use this foolishly, the Lord can still use that generous gift. Even if it's $20 to someone for a tank of gas, God can still use that generosity to spark a flame in the heart of his people. Uh, and then as this is just a, a, a walk of faith, however, we also want to use the, the, the brain that the Lord give us, gives us to vet out places and not just to give of our resources, our, our financial resources, but also to give of our time and our talent. So what advice would you give to people who are looking for places where they can get engaged and involved in a deeper level? Yeah, I mean, I'd say what for, for one of the neat things that we did, um, you know, is we took a spiritual gifts test, you know, from at, the, at our church. And so, you know, before that, I didn't know that I actually had the spirit of generosity. I didn't even know that was such a thing. I mean, the Bible talks about giftings, um, and, but everybody, you know, I never really thought about the fact that, you know, if you're going to, you know, ask somebody to serve in the children's ministry or sing, sing in the choir, boy, that's not me. Um, and I always felt a little guilty that, you know, I didn't ever have the desire to do that. But once I took a spiritual gifts test and realized well, that's just not how the Lord made me, um, that I'm really, that's really kind of my wheelhouse is, is the generosity in a Brooks um, and gifting is more hospitality um, and service. And so that was the number one thing that, you know, identify what your gift is. There's lots of good resources at churches and online. And um, so if you're living in your lane, which I call it, it, it it's better for everybody. 
Um, and then just pray. I mean, pray that the Lord will open up opportunities. I mean, the Lord's, you know, there's not a lack of opportunities. And, and so the Lord's always blessed our blessed us in that. And we pray for opportunities. I mean, our opportunities are going to show up. Mm. Um, and as far as the giving portion, I mean, um, you know, you just can't outgive God. And that's the biggest thing. And the biggest thing we talked about earlier was that, you know, he's not going to ask you to do something that he's not going to supply the resource. And that can be anything. That's not just money. That's money. That's time. That's energy. Um, and if, and if, if that is the case, and it might not be him asking you. Well, knowing, even as you said, that Anna Brooke has kind of that gift of hospitality and, and maybe, you know, Cooper, you've got more of the generosity. Both of those, though, are open-handed gifts of service to, to others. Both of those are generosity given. I mean, hospitality, to want someone to feel welcome and to feel included and to feel loved. Um, all of these gifts the Spirit gives us is for the growth and the, the, of the body. It's also for the, the expansion of the gospel of Christ Jesus. But, you know, we also, when we use our gifts and are operating in our gifts, the Lord gives us joy. So can y'all just talk about the joy that the Lord does give as you serve and as you give? Yeah, no, I mean, for me personally, um, and I'll inter- jump in after this, is that um, that's really the happiest I am, uh, honestly. I mean, that's really kind of when I know I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. Um, and that is really the happiest I am when I know for a fact that we're able to help, you know, whatever it is, is either fund an adoption or help fund a wealth or a friend that never thirsts and knowing that, you know, we're doing what the law Lord has called us to do. Um, that is where I actually, you know, I can say love my life the most, but that's the most joy I receive besides my family is when I'm able to give. And, and um, that's because the Lord made me that way. And that's what's, that's what's great. It's not anything that I'm doing. It's what he made me that way. Um, but that's, that's when I'm happiest. Yeah, I agree. I think it's fun to do what you're created to do because you enjoy what you're created to do. And so I think it's just, there's something that comes from it when you serve or when you love others. And even for some of our other people that have the gift of loving other people where we can't be, and it's fun to empower them to be able to do what they're called. Amen. Well, I'm grateful for both of you and just the testimony that your family is to so many and uh, for the way that, that you continue to use your gifts and your abilities for the glory of God. And, uh, thank you both for joining us today on the Defender Podcast. Thank you, Harvey. Thank you, Harvey. So I love what the Johnsons had to say about the gift of generosity. And really quick, as we close this episode of the Defender Podcast, I just want us to look at six practical reasons as to why we should give. Uh, And the first is we give because it's a tangible way to acknowledge God's ownership. We give simply because we are stewards. And, And you heard Cooper say he loves the way that God supplies the seed for the sower, how the Lord has continually supplied for them. When we give, it, we, we, we acknowledge that God owns it all and he gives it all. But the second reason we give is because it's a tangible way to worship and show gratitude to God. We truly give as an act of devotion and thanks to our God. When we give, we are thanking our Father and we are worshiping him. 
just like Jesus left heaven to come to earth so that when I leave earth, I can go to heaven. We give all we have, our lives in worship because he gave all he had. And then the third is we give because we are commanded by God and it displays our trust in our obedience. We give because God is bigger than our savings accounts and mutual funds. We give out of our obedience and our trust. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on, on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your ways straight. And the fourth reason that we give, we give because it meets the needs of others. We are blessed in order to bless others. We live open-handed lives and in so doing, we bless others. We give because in God's economy, when we give, we are his hands of blessing to another. And then the fifth reason that we give is we give because our heart belongs to the Lord. Our money is a key indicator of our hearts. God can have our money and not have our hearts, but he can't have our hearts and not have our money. We give because our heart belongs to the Lord and we earnestly want to see others praise his holy name. And then lastly, we give because it breaks the power of money in our lives. The epic battle of men's heart is a battle of money. And the only way to win the battle is to live open-handed, generous lives that reflect the glory of God to others. We give because we aren't building an earthly kingdom. We are building a heavenly kingdom. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for the generosity of your time to listen to the Defender Podcast. And we appreciate the way that you listen. And we would ask that if you're enjoying these podcasts, that you'd share them with others. And we pray that we would be people marked by the world as open-handed, generous people so that as they ask us where this generosity comes from, we can point back to our Father in heaven. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast. Mm -hmm.